1: Videos, the Osbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 3rd of November 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Scuddy, it happened. 75 basis points. What we had been expecting. Uh, good to get this under our belt, I think, as market participants.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No real surprise when it came to the decision last night All the question mark was how it was going to be framed as to what happens next. And uh, I think Jerome Powell did a very, very good job. I've been critical of the Fed over the past couple of years. But uh, more recently, the communication has been spot on, took the focus away from near-term considerations as to what a step down in the size of rate hikes means to actually talking seeing what matters most, which is to him and uh, the markets are now clearly looking at as well, is where we end up in this journey, the final destination, not what happens on the way.
1: The final destination, and also that that destination doesn't mean we hit it, we retreat. You know, that there's a lot of economic data, there are a lot of um, indicators that are going to need to be seen in terms of inflation in particular, that will lead the central bank to have any sort of comfort in you know, pulling back from what will be a terminal rate of about 5%, it looks like. So, December, we get the dot plots. Are we cruising until then? What do you think? We'll have a whole lot of Fed speakers coming out in the next few weeks to, again, continue to reinforce what Jay Powell has said now and then react to any of the data that comes along the way.
0: Yeah, look, of course, payrolls uh, tomorrow night will be pretty important when you know what, uh, how important they are, the weight is the Fed's putting on what it may go and cause when it comes to the outlook for inflation. Pretty uh, instructive comments last night that not so much about the wage pressures, but the full employment and how strong the labor market is, which is facilitating this ongoing you know, strong demand that's coming through, which exacerbates uh, you know, inflationary pressures. That was really interesting from Powell. So we know the labor market data is going to be very, uh, very important. And until that shows signs are cracking, every time markets pretend that uh, there's no such thing as what's going on at the moment and that there's a pivot coming uh, in the near future, uh the Fed's is gonna go and push back and push back hard. It's pretty uh, obvious it's been the way it's been for most of this year. I can't see it changing the latter parts of the year either.
1: So what do you make of the local market reaction? So down by one point let's call it one point seven, one point eight percent by the end of this session. I mean, there was no way that we were going to see positivity come through today after we saw that retreat in U.S. equities. Um, But it didn't feel to me as if there was any sort of, uh, you know, there was no sort of like blood in the streets or panic out there today.
0: No, not at all. A very resilient performance. Indeed, it uh, doesn't even go and take back some of the uh, the early advances we saw this week. Of course, uh, those uh, what I'm going to call fake news about uh, China uh, and the dynamic COVID-0 being repealed. But uh, yeah, we're, we're still continuing this, uh, this pretty strong run at the moment, so uh, yeah, down today, but uh, who knows where we're going to end up. Uh, when I was on air uh, just after the market opened, uh, the index was down around about 2.2, 2.3%. Uh, we finished well and truly off the lows. So you're right. There was a blood on the street. It was an ugly session, but it could have been a whole lot worse.
1: Yeah, agreed. I like it when we agree on things, Scotty. Um, Let's agree to go on to some of these equity stories today because there was a few big ones. Perpetual, up by 15%, comes after it rejected a $1.72 billion takeover offer, saying it's too low. It says that it's committed to progressing the Pendle acquisition. Pendle was one of the worst performers today. You know, really saying that that indicative proposal of $30 per share materially undervalues the company. But again, it's an indicative proposal. And I think that that's sort of the key there coming from BPEA private equity and Regal Partnerships. Um, It's a really interesting story and I think raises some big questions about funds management. In Australia what the strategy is going to be we've had some pretty spectacular you know um, I'm not gonna say failures but uh, changes in the dynamics if you think about Magellan etc you know a change in direction potentially coming from perpetual with their um, you know overseas expansion but also a reaffirmation of you know the Australian focus with the purchase of Pendle. So yeah, I'm interested to see this one where this one goes. And also, what's an interesting one that I don't think we talked about a lot today, but ASIC is actually taking a look at some of the share trading in perpetual that came ahead of the announcement that was being made. So this is a pretty juicy M and A story involving some pretty big names in fund management here in Australia.
0: Mm. Chinese uh, walls and everything. Let's Mm -hmm. hope they're uh, looking concrete.
1: Okay. Downer EDI was another outperformer. It did hold its AGM today. It did well with um, the CEO saying that it will provide some detail in 2023 on strategies that will continue to realize value for shareholders saying that the value of some businesses is not fully reflected in the share price and that's as it issued um, profit guidance of between 10 to 20 percent growth which is unchanged from previous forecasts really it was a pretty positive picture that Downer EDI was painting and so shares were up by about six percent. I will briefly just talk about the losers. Um, I mentioned Pendles that was down by nine percent Domino's, around this time yesterday, uh, put out a profit warning down by close to 11%. You had a chat with Brad King on this one. Uh, He, correct me if I'm wrong, thought that Domino's was a pretty solid investment back at the reporting season when Domino's was sort of poo-pooing a lot of the impact from these rising costs. What do you have to say today, Scotty? He's still holding. Yep.
0: But didn't seem like he was happy about it. Uh, that that was the general takeaway. Uh, I did ask him though, there's ramifications for other companies that are very reliant on, uh, you know, maybe you know cheap and cheery kind of you no know, customer trade, uh, and who have mass scale and very low margins. Whether there's a, a warning signal from Domino's. And he thinks there is. He dropped a couple of names. I'm not going to go and say which ones they are, but certainly uh, of a similar ilk on the local market. Uh, so, yeah, that's inflationary pulse. And we can talk about wage pressures and the like as well. All of it is making it very difficult, even if these companies try and pass it on to customers, which in Domino's case is not being overly successful in some markets.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. And again, to your point, just indicative of the fact, and it goes back to the Fed, you know, all these conversations are related, you know. Inflation is yet to be contained, and uh, there's still some pain coming through. Particularly when you think about, you know, a lot of the, you know, the earnings, um, the earnings downgrades that are still yet to come. So that's dominoes. But then you could not look past Bravura Solutions. It shares, I mean, this is painful. This doesn't bring me any joy to say. Down by 52 percent after it came out and warned about its full year performance going forward. Uh, warning on FY23, um, suspended its dividend. And uh, yeah, it just says that revenue will only increase modestly in the full year and guiding to a revenue in 2023 of between 270 and $275 million. So, it, it, I mean, that's awful. Um, that's a terrible, terrible outcome for shareholders in that company. And it's so interesting because it's in that space in the market where we've seen so much M&A activity lately. I mean, you would think that, I don't know, if there's anything in that business that anybody deems uh, redeemable, you know, it it would be, you would think, ripe for the picking.
0: Well, it's certainly a lot cheaper today, but uh, I did mention in the newsletter today that uh, it was a former constituent of the Benchmark Index. Now, of course, it's not in there anymore And uh, yeah, today's result shows why not all tech companies are clearly uh, created equal and uh, it has a few problems on its hands. Uh, It's been a bit of a problem child for a while and uh, today's update uh, is certainly not going to go down well longer term we'll see what ends up but maybe uh, some scavengers might be out there but uh, the broader business model certainly given the reaction of the uh, other share price today people are concerned about its longer term trajectory
1: yeah zip comes to mind did hold its agm today it says that it has sufficient cash and liquidity through to the end of fy 2024 still expects to be cash earnings profitable in fy 2024 and says that its closure of the UK business is progressing smoothly. Shares in Zip today down by close to 2%. Although, you know, there was a broader tech sell-off that was inspired, obviously, from what happened on Wall Street and the NASDAQ in particular. Um, can we get to stock of the day, Scuddy? It was New Hope Coal, and uh, or I guess we call it New Hope Corporations, apologies, up by 5.5%, a $300 million share buyback. Boy, those coal prices are um, really you know, being a boon to shareholders in these coal companies. It was a match-out between Nathan Samosandrum and Philip Pepe from Sean Partners today on the call. Let's take a listen to what they had to say about New Hope.
0: Yeah, look, we've talked about coal before. Um, I, you know, give credit to Gaurav when he's not here, so let's yep. do that. Um, so he picked it early. Um, it's an energy thematic. You are picking on everything in energy is doing well. Um, And coal was one of the best performers. Uh, And you're seeing a bit of a pullback in that, and the others are recovering. So I think the thematic still hauls, and coal's been doing well on the back of that. I think that makes sense, and I I think it's a buy. Um, So coal companies are doing very well at the moment. Uh, The Met coal price was 50 bucks US a ton a few years ago, about 350 a ton today, having come off 450 ton highs, double on PCP. um, New Hope made about a billion dollars in free cash flow last year. In in different times, they would would invest that in new mines and trying to expand coal production. You can't do that at the moment. It's politically incorrect.
1: There you go. It was a double buy. And I say it was the showdown on the call. You've got to at least watch the beginning of it. We had the bull, Philip Pepe, taking on the bear, Somosandarum. And uh, it was a bit of fun to start that show. You What's Nathan doing
0: then? If he's saying bye, <laughs>
1: Be- no bears kidding. can't yeah, buy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he can. And he's, he's got uh, he's got oil in his sights, and clearly coal as well. So, yep, I can't tell you. I can't give it away, Scotty. You'll have to listen to it in its entirety. Okay. So, um, I liked your view. We already talked about that. Jay Powell. Um, we'll get some. Precursor to the jobs data tomorrow tonight. I know you're not going to want to talk about it. ADP, but we do get some data out there tonight that will help inform our view of what could potentially come on Friday. But you know, safe to say, Scotty, what would it take? What would it take in this jobs report tomorrow to uh, to get? I suppose. You know the market thinking in a different way about jobs because they've still been so strong in the U.S. We had jolts this week showing that the labor market is still tight. There's still plenty of jobs opening, which just speaks to continuing demand in the economy. You
0: need to see negative payrolls prints. You need to go and see a big miss when it comes to uh, average hourly earnings, and you need to see participation climbing.
1: Got it. Thanks, everybody. Write those down. Now we so have China data reported. It was a services PMI. It came in you know further into con- contractionary territory so this conversation about COVID zero in China will continue and I do believe that we had a bit of pressure coming through on some of the metals markets in China am I correct Scuddy? I saw it uh, flashing on my screen today what's iron ore doing
0: i know at the moment uh look it's actually still grinding higher it's not had a really big snap back after that decline earlier in the week but it actually has been pretty resilient which is not really uh, no, that strange it does have a very low beta to what we've seen other commodity uh markets at the moment when it comes to the volatility uh when it goes uh, others tend to go in the other direction as well so it's a bit counter cyclical but no there's nothing in the moment that i can see there and across the screens like you know copper futures are down a smidgen but not a lot uh, but crude's off a bit as well. But, uh, yeah, nothing to go right home about. Uh, but It does speak uh, to the trade data account.
1: that we got today, though. You know, we had the trade account released for September. Um, I mean, higher exports, a surplus of $12.4 billion, exports up 7%. Mm. I mean, that's, 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 that's an upside surprise and pretty good overall.
0: Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, it involves LNG exports, which, of course, politically, is a big hot potato here locally. You know, the fact that we've got prices skyrocketing as well, particularly on the East Coast uh, market, uh, does go and beg the question, uh, is this going to go and tighten the noose when it comes to regulatory reform and uh, potential to go and put price caps on or you know, uh, make sure that there's enough uh, supply into the eastern states to go and keep prices within a particular range? I uh, say so that uh, that is going to be coming sooner rather than later.
1: Okay. Now tonight, uh, let's just think about what we've got despite ADP. I feel like we've had a lot of just like really big data. We've got the BOE. It never stops. 75 basis point is expected. gutsy move when you think about how, how, you know, how rocky the UK economy is, but I don't know if they've got a choice, do they?
0: No, uh, at least maybe not in the near term. The terminal rate for the uh, for the bank rate is likely to be a lot lower than what it would have been otherwise. had we had, had Liz Truss? You know, that very very free spending budget uh, update that was delivered a couple of uh, a couple of months ago, which of course cost her leadership in the end. But uh, Richie Sunak uh, is talking a big game when it comes to uh, fiscal consolidation. Uh, but in the near term, you're still facing an environment where inflation is still uncomfortably high, energy prices are skyrocketing, a recession is almost guaranteed, uh, but yeah, the Bank of England was way too tardy getting going in with when it comes to this tightening, and it's contributed to the mess we're in at this point in time, so unfortunately, uh, it has to go and take action. Its mandate is to go and get inflation back within its target, and that means that it's going to be tightening rates
1: tightening rates okay tomorrow great day here we'll have the last call we're looking forward to that one bit of a drink and a laugh to round out the week um adam dawes is joining us we've got adam dawes and june lu on for the call so i'm looking forward to that as per usual um you know it's it's a friday uh there will still be the wash up from all the central bank action this week because don't forget it feels like a long time ago but our own rba met earlier in the week and for an international view we'll kick off the day with brian nick chief investment officer at naveen and uh yeah you've got david Sakara from morningstar on the global view Scuddy. so good to have a global equities chat as well at the end of you know well absolutely not at the end of the week in the u.s we'll still have jobs to get through there
0: yeah, no, but I uh, no, that uh, Fed uh, statement is going to be permeating for a while, unless there's, as you mentioned, some shock in the payroll starter. Also, worthwhile pointing out that uh, Deanna Mussina from AP Capital uh, is going to go do a deep dive with me on the big picture about the US economy, particularly through a lens of the midterm elections, which are next week, of course, uh, and what that policy gridlock, which looks like the polls are suggesting, means when it comes to markets and economic reform there. So make sure you tune into that one at 11.40-ish tomorrow.
1: Okay, Scotty, can't wait. We will call it a day, just to reiterate, because I know you like it out there. Um, Yeah, not anywhere close to 7,000 today. 6,858 down by 1.8%. But to Scotty's earlier point, still for the week, up by 1%. So tomorrow's an important day. We look forward to joining you then. In the meantime, Scotty, have a good night. You too out there.
0: You too.